home of Philadelphia Eagles football. WENJ, WENJHD, Millville Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Hill. It's time for Football at Four with 97.3 ESPN.com's Andrew DeCecco. Powered by InsideTheBirds.com. He's in! Touchdown! Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. All right, plenty of NFL to get into. Football at Four, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Check out the Inside the Birds podcast. And Football at Four today is brought to you by Bob McAllister. Call Comfort Now for discounts and rebates on qualifying cooling and heating systems. Visit Bob and the Comfort Now team online. I want Comfort Now. Dot com. Andrew DeCecco from 97.3 ESPN.com. A lot going on today, specifically with the Eagles and Deshaun Jackson. We'll get into that. And, uh, you know, Jackson posts a video apology today about his post from last night, which basically posted a fake Hitler quote on Instagram. We got that and more right now with Andrew DeCecco, football at four, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Andrew, what's happening, man? Mike, I'm doing well. How are you? And uh, Hunter, I haven't talked to you in a while, so again, congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, let's uh, get yeah. right. Let's get into uh, what is a very interesting and tough topic today. Deshaun Jackson last night uh, really, uh, you know, flipped the social media world upside down. He faces backlash for the posting of, um, you know, anti-Semitic messages. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, the Eagles put out a statement. Then he has put out his own uh, apology. Let's get your initial reaction on his initial post and take us to the timeline of where we are now. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, even during, you know, unprecedented times, there hasn't been really a shortage of NFL talking points. But, you know, I found Deshaun Jackson's post obviously was extremely inappropriate, inexcusable, and insensitive. Um, But I I felt that it came from a lack of understanding rather than a place of hate. You know, when you look at some of his comments that said, you know, it was never intended to put any put down any race or religion. And when I posted what I posted, I didn't mean it for I didn't mean for it to the extent you guys took it. Okay, well, how exactly did you mean for those comments to be to be taken? And what what exactly were you trying to get across here? You know, if that wasn't your intent. Um, you know, and then when you see his 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 apology, the the further lack of understanding and, and the magnitude of what his words meant, kind of really really were were evident there when he when he made his apology earlier today. So apparently, uh, Miles Sanders working out with Deshaun Jackson in Tampa as Deshaun Jackson apologizing for this Hitler quote. Uh, John Clark tweeted about an hour ago, said he is told that Deshaun has spoken with Howie Roseman a lot today and will be speaking with Jeff Lurie which Adam Kaplan from InsideTheBirds.com responded. They've had conversations with him and his agent several times about the situation. This is just the beginning. It's not going away. So with that, um, the statement that the Eagles put out, did you get any messages from that? Could you read the tea leaves at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that actually really stuck out was when, when they said, we are continuous, we are continuing to evaluate the circumstances and we'll take appropriate action. Um, on the when you look, you know, on the surface, it made it seem like you know they're going to continue to work with Deshaun and and you know really work with him to get a finer understanding of what his words really meant and you know kind of coach him on that. But then when you read those that, that fine print there, 
you realize, you know, this might not necessarily be over and there may be, you know, uh, repercussions that follow from here. And then you kind of see what Adam put out and John Clark put out, like you were alluding to. And, you know, th- this, this could be far from over. Um, you kind of saw something, you know, and the, the last time we saw something like this was in 2013. We saw the Riley Cooper fiasco, of course, in the summer of 2013, when uh, something that Jeff Mosher covered extremely well when he was with Comcast Sportsnet. Um, you know, obviously, it's a different regime. Um, so the circumstances are a little bit are, are a lot different. So it's hard to kind of compare the two. But, you know, like, it, like I said, this is far from over. Adam Schefter tweeted out that the Eagles' decision on whether to keep Deshaun Jackson could come down to whether Post is a default under his contract. And then he goes on to say that Jackson is guaranteed $4.8 million this year in salary and already received a $2 million option bonus. Do you think that the finances come into play on their decision? Um, I, I think it could, um, Hunter, but I, I think that they don't want to necessarily blur those lines. You know, they want to they want to do do what's right, and if they feel that, and if they feel that Deshaun has really, you know, really shown a, a firm grasp of what his words meant, and and you know, kind of taking the steps to kind of have a better understanding of what where you know of, of what you know what he posted and take the steps to, to kind of correct that i think that that might weigh i mean i think if i remember correctly in 2013 i think riley cooper had that he went under he undergoed uh underwent sensitivity training and was suspended uh you might see a substantial fine for deshaun possibly you know possibly a suspension it's hard to speculate right now but those are those are some things that i i would think would be more at the forefront, less less than you know, releasing him altogether. Do we not? Uh, he did his own video uh, with an apology. Did you mm-hmm. feel that he was sincere in that apology, and was that enough to say, "All right, he understood what he did. He's taking some responsibility for him," and you know that 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 was suffice. Well, it, it was kind of a it was kind of an odd and awkward apology because there are some things that came out in that you know like I said it, it was never intended to put down any race or religion and when I posted what I posted I didn't mean for it to, to the extent that you guys took it now that to me shows a, a, a complete lack of understanding of, of what his words meant and, and the, the heaviness that that you know that that it, it impacts a lot of, it impacted a lot of people um, so I don't necessarily know that he fully grasped what, what he what he said yet you know and. Sometimes PR teams put stuff out there, you know, that, that seemed like that was like that was from Deshaun. But like I said, you know, I, I don't think it came from a place of hate. I think it came from lack of understanding. And, and that's kind of what I, what I took from his apology. Um, obviously, there are people who will look at the Riley Cooper situation and kind of tie it in here. Do you see any parallels mm-hmm. to that and this situation? Jeff Lurie was the owner then. I know it was different um, regimes. But Jeff Lurie was the owner. Hallie Roseman was the, the the GM. They are both still here. Yeah, you know, both both uh, both situations were were extremes. Uh, they were they were inappropriate and both inexcusable. Um, you, you could see because the Sean's never had you know anything like this similar to Riley. They've both been you know known as team guys. Riley was known as a team guy. Um, that's I think that could also come into play. You know, Deshaun's never really had anything come up like this in his career. And, you know, he's kind of beloved by his teammates, you know, by all, by all accounts, he's a good locker room guy. So um, I think, you know, in the past, if, if Jeff would know better than I covering it, you know, back then. But I believe that, you know, it was Michael Vick that spoke up on behalf of Riley Cooper and held a team meeting. And that's probably what saved him from, from getting the ax there. And, um, but, you know, Deshaun is so beloved by his teammates and this is such a, 
um, it, it kind of randomly occurred. You know, there hasn't been any any kind of off the field issues with with Deshaun. You know, really um, in this regard. So I, I think that you know they may ha- they could possibly handle it the same way. You know, it is the same ownership. You know, different head coach though. So um, it, it's kind of interesting to see how it's going to play out. Obviously, this is far from over. How much of the debate on cutting him has to do with his skill level? If this is an undrafted wide receiver compared to arguably the most important guy on the offense outside of Wentz? Um, I mean, that's that's always going to be, you know, in the back of everyone's mind, you know, will they will will they part with him because he's such a key factor in the offense? And um and you know, I think, you know, as an owner, that's always going to be something that you that, that weighs heavily on when you're making these type of uh, decisions but I think ultimately what the Eagles have shown over the course of their uh, over the in recent years is that they're always going to do they're going to do what's right or what they feel is right you know every every, every circumstance is unique um, and like I said I think the fact that Deshaun has never done anything like this before and and he is and he's never he's been you know widely regarded as a locker room guy and you know he showed that you saw him kind of band together you know in the last month you know when he saw what Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz have said um, stepping up there I, I think that that kind of all plays into to this uh, into the outcome of what happens here you know obviously um, Jackson has had some issues in the past uh, he got cut the first mm-hmm. time now yeah. From what we recall, he got cut. Chip Kelly insinuated that he had gang ties. And then when they signed him back, it was almost like Roseman kind of took a shot at Chip saying that, you know, that was all ridiculous. And so it seems that Roseman and Jackson at least have some sort of relationship. Do you do you garner that as well? Yeah, Mike, that's exactly kind of how I took that as well. You know, it, the the whole Chip Kelly regime and Howie Roseman, there was always that disconnect there. One was on one page, one was on another page. And and you kind of saw that reflected by their actions, you know, at post-Chip Kelly. And I think that when you see, you know, they were quick to, re- to, quick to bring Jackson back into the fold, you see the rapport with uh, Deshaun and Howie Roseman. I do think it takes in, that that plays into account because um, what Chip Kelly said and saw – is different from the way that Jackson is perceived around the NFL. So, um, and I, I do, I do, I do think that that's going to play into it. Do you think that the league could step in and actually give him a suspension where he's going to miss some time with the Eagles if if they do stay with him? Um, I think the Eagles would would be would before the league would. I think the Eagles would step in there and and hand out the hand out the um, the suspension if there was one. And I think there will be, Hunter. I think there's. I think that, that would be that, – that's to be expected. I think there, you'll see a fine and possibly a suspension. Um, I don't think that, that cutting him would be uh, – I, I think that might be an extreme measure given, you know, given his prior um, – just given, you know, the, his overall body of work over his career and, and, and the type of guy he is in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, it seems that there has – you would think anyway that there would be some action. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is it? I, I feel like the Eagles are going to and should take some strong action here. But does that include just flat out cutting him? I agree with you, Mike. I think that there needs to be some uh, a strong, significant stance here on 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 Jackson and and the comments that he had last night. But I don't. Uh, I, I think that cutting him will be, you know, will certainly be in the discussion. But if if it were me, um, you know, when you when you take everything into account and. You really need to. No, no one really knows Deshaun like, like you know, like Doug Peterson, like Howie Rosen, like Jeffrey Lurie, and and, the, and that locker room. So it's really hard to it's really hard to say. But you know, based on you know an outsider's perspective, um, 
I, I think just the, the kind of guy that he, that he comes off as, the kind of teammate that he comes off as, I, th- I think cutting him would be, would be relatively harsh uh, in, in this circumstance. I mean, I mean, if you remember when Riley Cooper's situation, um, I, I believe it was in 2014, he got a five-year extension, yes. uh, $22.5 million. So, um, and he, aside from, yeah, I believe he was suspended and, like I said, undergo, under, had to under, undergo that sensitivity training. I don't believe that there was anything else handed down for him. So, you might see something, you know, that kind of patterns that. Let me ask you this. I know there's no really way of understanding this or knowing this, but there have been people out there that are claiming, you know, he just might be ignorant to what he did. Is that a viable excuse or or reason? It is, Mike, and that's exactly the way that I perceived it. He just, you know, it was just, you know, ignorance, lack of understanding and putting something out there without really – you know, grasping the magnitude of the words that he said. And, and I think that sometimes, not, not just athletes, but, but we as people, we put stuff out there on social media sometimes without really, you know, without giving it a second thought of how it's going to be taken by everybody. And I think that's kind of what Deshaun did there. You know, I guess he said that somebody sent that to him and, and he reposted it, he put it out there. But I mean, you, you really, if, if you're not, if you're not privy on a certain subject, certainly something uh, as, as significant as, as that, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't speak on that. And, um, you know, and someone like Deshaun, given in, in his, in his, you know, in his position should, should know better than that. What do uh, you say to the people uh, who feel like double standard here? You know, if this was a white guy who said this about that, that guy would be cut immediately. Well, I, I would point to just like we said, the recent history with the Eagles. You know, um, Riley Cooper wasn't released for that, so it's kind of hard to to say that there's a double standard as far as the Eagles are concerned. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's all we really have to base that off of there, and um, they handled the Riley Cooper thing internally, and and that's kind of the way that, that that's all we really have to go off of. So that's kind of how I anticipate them handling the Deshaun uh, situation. I think it's important to recognize that Laurie and Roseman, they're part of the community that he hurt with his words. So to help him grow and learn and understand, it's valuable compared to saying, hey, let's get rid of Deshaun Jackson and then another team will just pick him up. Like part of this is you got to teach someone who's uneducated and teach him why it's wrong that what you did. I think that is more important than, say, just getting rid of him. And, and Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman being a part of that community, it just it adds to this whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, don't just part with the player. You know, let him understand, you know, let him know the errors of his ways. You know, teach him about about his mistakes and, and kind of help him, you know, help just help him learn, essentially. You know, he, like I said, I, I don't believe that that came from a place of hate. I think that came from just not knowing, just, just ignorance, overall ignorance. And you know, just, you know, getting rid of the issue without kind of, you know, helping Deshaun – have have a better understanding of what of what he said. Yeah. You know, I think that that really, um, I think that would be more beneficial, Hunter. I agree with you. Uh, Andrew DeCecco, football for powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Of course, at a DeCecco NFL on Twitter. Uh, you can get more on this story on our website ninety seven three ESPN dot com. I do want to get some thoughts from you. There has been some other NFL mm-hmm. news, some pretty big NFL news. Uh, the Sean Jackson stuff, I think, will be a fluid situation. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting the Eagles' decision. And by the way, on this, Schefter reported the decision to keep Jackson could come down to the uh, if there's uh, anything in his contract that kind of have something about disparaging thoughts because the Eagles, 
he is guaranteed four point eight million in salary. He mm-hmm. already collected two million. So the Eagles could try to get that guaranteed money back. And I guess at that point they could make a decision to cut him if it financially didn't hurt them. But it seems that it wouldn't be till next year. Now he signed through next year, but they can then cut him at the end right. of this year. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the the Eagles could cut him at the end of this year, and, and like I said, that's that's the, cutting him this season will will be in. You know, that's going to be one of the things that are on the table there. But you know, kind of like uh, I believe Hunter outlined that earlier with Spectre tweet, and that's something that I think that. But while I think that they're going to consider that heavily, I think that it would be more beneficial to Deshaun to have someone like Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman really put him through and uh, like and educating him on on what he on what he put out there and, and kind of helping him learn the error of his ways. That's, I think that would be more beneficial. And that sounds like what's happening. It sounds like him and Roseman have talked. Lurie's going to talk to him. But I definitely think before he ever puts an Eagles jersey on, he's going to have to mm-hmm. show way more remorse than Big he time. did in that apology, um, and hopefully he will. And I hope the Eagles certainly explain to him why he needs to, and I and I think that um, that would take a big step. I want to ask you about Pat Mahomes. It started as a 10-year deal in the 300-plus million range. Then it was 450. It has gone all the way up to $503 million with $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms whatever the heck that means but wow i don't even know where to start 10 years 503 million for patrick mahomes i mean no one's worth that kind of money but um who wins this deal him the chiefs i mean did the chiefs get a bargain well i want to put that number in perspective here that's double i read something that that said that that's double what eli manning yielded in his career earnings which was 252 million dollars over 16 years I, i can't fathom that number um, but then when you look at, you know, you look at what Pat Mahomes did in, in his three seasons, you know, he's Super Bowl champion, NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Offensive Player of the Year in 2018, two-time Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, 70, 76 touchdowns and 18 interceptions and 9,412 yards passing. Um, if, at 24 years old, when you look and see, you know, if he continues his upward trajectory over the 12 years uh, of that contract, uh, he, he that that contract's going to prove to be a bargain for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he has Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey's you know in the fold through 2021. Tyree Kill signed uh, a three-year extension last season. Um, they added uh, Lucas Niang, the left tackle from TCU, in the draft. I still think that they need to add some more pieces on the offensive line to kind of protect their investment there. But if they continue to build around Patrick and give him the weapons that he needs. They could make a, they could be a potential dynasty here in the coming years. A lot of people are comparing Pat Mahomes' contract to say what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. But what about Carson Wentz? Does this make Howie's contract with Wentz look better, or does it not really have any sort of impact on that? <laughs> well, I think when you're speaking of a contract of that magnitude with Patrick Mahomes, I think any contract's going to look insignificant to that. But I mean, I, I do like you know. On another note, I do feel like the like Carson Wentz, you know, like he was fairly compensated with his contract there. Um, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, I, I believe it was the um, it, it was up there in guarantees with you know with the Mike Trout's of the world. I think Mike Trout's had a little bit more guaranteed money, so um, they made a significant investment in him. But they also set themselves up where they can, you know, they can move some money around um, over the years here. 
Yeah, he's uh, turning 25 in September. So at the end of this deal, he's only going to be 35 years old, which means you know he could right. be in line for another deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like I said, if he continues his his you know his momentum forward, which he's really you know given us no indication to think that he won't. Um, and you know if he sticks with Andy Reid for a while, the, you know the, they could the, the Chiefs could be uh, they could have something special there and build build something of a dynasty and. Um, that's going to turn out to be. I think that that's a very favorable deal, actually, for both teams when you really look into it. Um, let's get your quick take then on training camp. Uh, there's some reports that could go down to 80 men. Uh, how does that affect you know the Eagles and the possibility of having no preseason games and how that could affect some of the uh, younger players? Well, I've always been of the belief that training camp is more so for younger players than it is for veteran players. That's where you find your Corey Clements. Um, I mean, you look over the past handful of years when I've been covering the NFL, and I've been able to unearth a player like Marcus Johnson. It was my first interview ever. You know, he made the roster in 2017, ended up being included in the Michael Bennett trade, of course. He started six games for the Colts last year. Um, Rashard Davis is another guy. He got a Super Bowl ring. He was returning punts for the Titans in the playoffs against the Patriots. Um, Greg Ward's a player I've written about every year since 2017. And I've gotten a little bit of backlash from fans, you know, every year that he gets released. And, you know, I've been told that he wasn't was not an NFL player, but I trusted my eyes and I knew that he had NFL ability. And you saw what he did last year. Chandon Sullivan's another player. Uh, you know, he allowed 11 completions on 31 targets. Uh, he was the fourth highest graded cornerback defensive player, actually, on the Green Bay roster. These are guys that you would never have heard of if they didn't get their opportunities to prove themselves in the preseason. You get, as a younger player, as an undrafted player, or a late-round pick, you don't really get these. You get very minimal opportunities in practice. You might get a handful of reps a day, and you need to be almost perfect in those reps to really catch the, catch the eye of the coaching staff. And now you're going to see guys that are on the back end of the roster, like a Deontay Burnett, like a Joe Osman, like a Casey Tuhill, like a Manasseh Bailey who can flat-out fly, like a Graylin Arnold, who I've written about for the site, who had six interceptions and a sack last season at Baylor. These guys might be on the outside looking in. What do you do with players like that? Do you, if they move down from 90 to 75 or 80, do you say, listen, we're going to put you on a, on a, on standby. We're going to put you in a Philadelphia hotel. And, you know, should there be injuries or, or God forbid, a, a COVID outbreak, you know, we're going to bring you back in or, or what do you do? Yeah. I mean, as you've kind of chronicled some of these younger players that, uh, and then I, I almost feel like you're penalizing the team. Like we went out and found these guys and now we don't even get the opportunity to kind of, you know, take a look at them. Yeah, exactly. And and something that that crossed my mind is okay. Let's say you part with let's say you part with a uh, like a Casey Tuhill who you invest a seventh round pick in. Well, if he passed, I assume he has to pass through waivers. So what happens if another team likes him and goes and claims him off waivers, and now he's on their seventy five man roster? So you, you lose a draft pick and and a player that you maybe wanted to keep on you know on standby and bring him back into the fold. You know, in you know, it's just after you saw how training camp was kind of unfolding, yeah, you you could lose you could lose some of these guys, and like you said, you every player on that roster is brought in there for a reason, for competition purposes, to get a longer look, or just to give uh, give the defense a better look, whether it's speed or whatever it is. So uh, they're there for a reason, and you're going to be deprived of NFL teams in general, not just the Eagles, are going to be deprived of you know ten to fifteen guys. I'm, I'm strongly against that. How much uh, not having the four pre? They they're, they're that hasn't been official yet, but they went going down to two anyway, and it's being recommended that they get rid of all four. Um, you know, the veterans don't care. They don't really need it, but those younger players really, you know, 
they're not having those opportunities, like the whole Andre Dillard situation. I'm sure the Eagles want to see Dillard play mm-hmm. a couple of uh, series, at least, in preseason. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've always felt that four preseason games are a little bit, you know, that's a little bit overkill. I think if they cut it down to two games, and you don't really need to see the veterans. You know, keep the veterans out of that. You, you see that all around the league. I believe it was the uh, the Rams don't play any of their veterans last season, I believe Adam Kaplan said. So, um, I think that when you look at what the preseason entails, yeah, it, it means everything to a player like an Andre Dillard, to uh, to a Joe Osman, to a um, to a Raekwon Williams. And, you know, those fourth preseason games, some of those guys never put pads or helmet on ever again. So that, that is their Super Bowl. And some of those guys are their their jobs for the twenty you know the twenty twenty season would come down that last game. Yeah. Um, so so it's very pivotal. All right, uh, Andrew DeCecco, Football at Four, and, of course, uh, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Much more on our website on Deshaun Jackson. Check that out. And uh, Andrew DeCecco's back on Friday. We'll have more from Jeff Mosher on this tomorrow, Adam Kaplan on Thursday, and follow him at A. DeCecco NFL on Twitter. All right, man, great job. You got it, guys. Take care. All right. Uh, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. as uh, He pointed out a lot of key things that I thought uh, – you know, you, you take a look back at the history of all this that he kind of went back to with the, you know, previous regime, Chip Kelly, the Riley Cooper stuff, how they handled that and brought it all the way up to date to now. I thought he really kind of mapped out a lot of different things that puts Jackson in this spot where he kind of agreed that you got to educate him a little bit more than penalize him. Now, he also strongly said they need to penalize him and penalize him strongly. He didn't let him off the hook by that, but felt that it was better to do it in-house than just cut him. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I tend to agree as well. It's like you can come down with the harsh punishment and you can keep him at the same time to the point where he learned his lesson, you are educating him on something that he clearly wasn't educated on, and you can still keep him on your football team. So there is a way to kind of have all of it happen without just saying, hey, we got to get rid of this guy just because he did something wrong. Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. For more coverage, go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com. On the other side, Ask Mike and Broads. Send us a text with your questions for today's Ask Mike and Broads, 609 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973, 609-403-09. 4.30, bottom of the hour, Sports Pass. It's time for Ask Mike and Broads. You guys take over the show. You can send us your question at 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973. I want to first tell you about Seize the Deal and this deal that we've got that, of course, is running out. It's going on right now on our website, 973ESPN.com. You can get a $25 gift card for just half the price to Rife Bar and Grill. Uh, bar, right, bar and Restaurant, excuse me. Lower Chelsea District, Atlantic City, 4101 Atlantic Avenue, AC, RifeAC.com. Check out their menu and get a $25 gift card for just half the price. It's a bar, restaurant, and event venue in the Lower Chelsea District of Atlantic City. It's right by Stockton there. So any of you who have been around the Stockton area, the Rife Bar and Restaurant is right around there. Place is brand new. Bring the kids, grab lunch, friends, come in for an acoustic happy hour, try their mahi tacos, the hangover burger, bone-in chops, seared scallops with a glass of wine, and more. 
The offer is valid for a $25 instant voucher to Rife Restaurant and Bar, and you can get that on our website, 973ESPN.com. As many are left, you can get them. You don't have to just get one. You can get, if you're like, man, 25 bucks for half price, I'm going to get $100 worth. You get $100 for 50 bucks. You got 100 bucks, you can have a little how do you do night. You can uh, buy yourself a bunch of White Claws. There's nothing wrong with that. Speaking of, I got one in front of me here. You brought that. I did. I brought the White Claw. Now it's nice. It's cold. Look, this is what I'm talking I about. It's chilly. It's good. Here, take it from me. All right. Take it from me. We got ice, Mike and Bros. Yeah. yeah. Now, We'll start with this. I didn't know if you wanted to drink the White Claw well, now. I not. mean, uh, while yeah. we do, ask Mike and Broge, you crack yourself open a nice lemon White Claw. Let's see. Oh, look at that. I'm so jealous. What does it smell like? Like a Sprite. What? It's better than a Sprite. I like Sprite. Okay, well then maybe that's good. I feel like you're going to bash this just because... I won't. If I like it, I'll... I said I like the taste of some of them. I just don't get excited about drinking them. I am all about this lemon. When I opened my mini fridge, I was like, please don't be the last one. Please don't be the last one. Even though I would have gave you it anyway. Now look at this. He's taking the sip. He's taking the sip. How good is that? Solid. It's solid. I mean, it's like the other ones, though. It's that first taste comes in, and then you're kind of like, eh. It's so good. It is though. good, though. It is good. It's good. Like I like the black cherry. I like the mango. I like uh, some of the other ones. I just can't have them more than like one or two. I'm just kind of like, eh. Okay. This one's pretty good. I, I know. I was. I, I looked at it. I was like, lemon. Is it going to be that good? Yo, look at this. Sip number two. And you look happy, too. I mean, there's a smile on your face. Look at that. Yeah. Would you say that's better than the other ones that you've tried? Or am I putting it too high on the pedestal? Um, I mean, I like black cherry. I, I'm a fan of black cherry. So I like that one. I, I haven't said any of them are bad. Just I'm not excited about them. Well, I'm excited about that one. And I can't have like a bunch. It does. I don't like the way they make me feel. It's not about taste. It's a, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Whatever sweetener they use, there has to be something in here that that I don't go, that doesn't uh, you know whether it could be uh, cane sugar. Yeah, they obviously put something in there. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. So that. whatever that is is my problem. It's not. The, I've never had a problem with the taste. The taste is amazing. Now it's funny you bring that up though because uh, my mother, she was the one that she brought me these for the housewarming gift. She's bringing the white claws in. I'm so stoked. And she listened to our show yesterday, so she gave me a call. And she's like, "Well, what are in those things?" Like she thought she got me something that's like a vodka Red Bull that kind of misses with your, you know, a vodka Red Bull. It's kind of it's two opposites. It gives you a little bit of a rush. She thought that these might have that in them after she heard you say that it kind of made you feel a little uncomfortable. She thought she's sitting here buying me all sorts of drinks that uh, mess you up a bit. I'm like, no, ma, relax a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just no, had some sort of reaction it's to not, it. That's all. Yeah, it's not the um, taste that I have a problem with. And my girlfriend, same thing. Doesn't mind the taste. It's just we get like an anxious feeling that neither one of us like. And that is fair. But we actually got a question here for Ask Mike and Broads about the White Claw, so why not a perfect transition here? Wow, they went White Claw question. Do you lose your man card for drinking the White Claw? You know, I, look, that's a question that is obvious that comes up a lot with this uh, particular drink. Now, I've been laughing because I said I was at the um, uh, liquor store this weekend, and I seen, you know, dude, sleeve tatted up, big old bulky arms, little mohawk. He's walking out of there with the White Claws underneath both arms. Not one arm. He's a both armor. I'm shocked he didn't have the cart. I've seen people with carts. I see a line in front of that white claw thing, and I want to say 
that there's other brands. The White Claw is okay. The Truly is all right. The Vizzy. The Vizzy's supposed to have vitamin C, like antioxidants in it. Oh, now we're going down that road. Yeah, but like every... There's so many brands of these now, like Barefoot, Budweiser has their... Or Bud Light has their own, Corona. So it's more than just White Claw. I don't particularly think that they taste... One tastes any different than the other. Oh, no. I'm, but I'm you're starting to see clock. dudes walking out, and I just start cracking up laughing. No, I agree with you. It's definitely a funny look. Now, there's actually, you mentioned how there's a ton of different um, different companies that do it. Yingling made a beer that's similar to Michelob Ultra, where it's... Yingling made a beer. Yeah, okay. yeah everybody, much- well, and this is what I talked about yesterday. The bar owners have got to start now stocking up these low-calorie, low-carb, keto-friendly beers. I'm talking about the Oscar Blues 1Y, the Goose Island Solo, the Lagunitas Daytime. Like, the bar owners, if they had those beers, these people in the keto will come. Now, I'm sure they're saying, well, we already have Mick Ultra, but these are for the IPA drinkers. Right. I would agree with you. Now, for tomorrow's show, maybe you can bring in yours, and I'll do the taste testing for Ask Mike and Broads. But were you ever a Yingling guy? Not really. Me neither. I'll drink them if they're there, but I'm not going out and buying them myself. Nah. I mean, believe me, I'm not like, I never drank any of these beers before my life, guy, but my taste buds have changed so much that if you handed me a sixer of Coors, Miller, Bud, whatever, I have a tough time. I told you, I tried to drink a Mick Ultra the other night. I could not get through it. I went to the Miller Lite, and I really struggled. Yeah, I can do any of the light beers, and I can do the IPAs. Where I draw the line, though, is when it starts to like change flavors, where people go like a, a cinnamon beer or something like that. Yeah, That's wow. where I kind of pumpkin beer. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Sometimes the guy asked you to lose your man card for drinking this White Claw seltzer, but I mean, do you ask that same question? Like, hey, if dude walks up to the bar and says, "Hey, I'll take a Mick Ultra." Right. See, I think that if you're gonna if you were gonna ask the question about the White Claw, I think it's only fair to question because like at that to- point you're questioning if you drink a beer less than 100 calories, yeah. do you lose your man? Right. So I went to a party this weekend. And I told you, my buddy said, you know, I said, well, I need it. You want me to bring anything? You want me to pick anything on my way? He says, well, we got Coors Lights, we got uh, Miller Lights, we got Coronas, whatever. If you want whatever you want, you got to bring that. But this is what we're offered. There's a bunch of guys, you know, pounding beers back. They're drinking Coors Lights all day. I would think I'm that, not questioning them. I'm right. not. I'm not looking at them any differently. Now, are you a blue moon guy at all? I now, like a nice blue moon. Man, you, you're you're very. Um, I drink anything though. I do, but you like eat I, anything. You drink I know, anything. I know. Uh, the blue moon had its little phase, little fad. Get the orange in Get there. The orange in there. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, now nah, I'm out. Stuff. All right, you're out. I mean, I like a hoppy, hoppy beer. I do, too, though. All of the ones that you have given me when I went to your house, I send you pictures because I get them back home because I love them. So I I love those, too. I like an extremely hoppy. Like, I like the hazy, hoppy IPA. I prefer it to be really hoppy over just, like, a pale ale or something like that. Yeah, the pale ale is just okay. I'm a hazy, hoppy IPA guy. But I have found these keto-friendly, hazy, hoppy beers. And I'm saying... The bars now, they got to start. And I like them in the can. I think IPA drinkers prefer it in the can. I was always a glass guy. I'm at the point now where I have chilled glass in my I house. I that, but I go can. I know, but you actually turned me into the can guy. I'm not going to lie. Funny I don't know if I that. like that because now I'm following you, and I don't know if I should <laughs> be following you. It's so much better there, right? I'm not lying. I'm not going to disagree with you. It, it definitely is it's got, way it's better. Like, okay, I used to drink... Sierra Nevada hazy little thing a lot. Okay. In the can. 
my buddy who owns a bar, he went and got it on tap. Said, I got it on tap for you. I don't like it on tap. Now, I think perception is key, though, because uh, my fiance's mom poured a White Claw into a glass. And I'm like, you poured it into a glass? Uh, let, me, let me just try that flavor. I didn't try that one yet. It was the watermelon one. And just because I'm not drinking it in the can, it just tasted totally I'm different. I'm telling you, that hazy little thing in the can is exponentially better than it is on the draft. Well, I can't wait to taste this can that uh, will be in tomorrow. So just real quick before we actually get into a question, because that is what this segment's all about. On a scale of 1 to 10, give me the flavor of the lemon. Here, take a third sip. Oh, well, don't tempt you with a good time. Oh, do I have to? That's the face you just made. Six. Okay. I guess I, expe- bad. I expected worse out of you. No, it's so. again, it, I don't have a problem with the taste of these beers or these drinks. I just, it's not I the just taste know how you drink. are. That's all. It's, I just know no, how you I'm are. I'm not being honest. It's not the taste of these that, that I have the problem with. It's if I drink, I don't like the dry mouth. It gives me really dry mouth. Well, I mean, you got a point- nice water right next to it. Yeah, that's right. It, to the point that my tongue stuck to the top of my roof of my mouth the other night when I had this was three weeks ago. That's Confirmed incredible by stuff. My girlfriend I'm who not had the saying you're problem. lying at all. I'm not saying you're lying. It's yeah. just incredible stuff. Now, this guy says Blue Moon is like Allagash White. Not bad. The Allagash White I used to I used to kind of like, but eh. I like it. I don't think it's bad. But not once bad. again, it's something where I don't think I'm going out of my way to buy them. But if it's there in front of me, I'll totally grab one. That's what I kind of like going to these parties where you open up the cooler and there's so many different varieties. There's Stella Artois, there's a this, there's a that. Yeah, we get one of these. I haven't had one of these in a while. Like, I want to go out and buy them, but because it's there, it's like, well, this is a nice, refreshing beer. Are you, I'm a Stella guy. I like a Stella. Eh. Eh. I'm okay with the Stella. Heineken? Like, those are the things no, I don't buy, but I don't, if I'm not I get a big it, Heineken fan. No. No. You know what I used to? First beer I ever had, Amstel Light. I don't know the first beer I've ever it's had. Heineken, it's like the... The Amstel Light is the light version of the Heineken. Now Heineken has its own Heineken Yes, light. they do have their their own uh, light beer. But I will say my first ever sip of beer, I remember my dad had flyer season tickets. He gave me the old sip when I was there. Try a nice beer. So I went, uh, give me a little sip, a little taste. That's it, though. One little taste. What age is this? I don't remember. Hmm. Say, in the range. I need to go dice this on. No, 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 no. It was in the range. <laughs> it wasn't like three. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, just you want to take a little sip of beer? Yeah. You know. And uh, I loved it. It had to be at the Flyers. Yeah, I, I give it, a, like you know, of them. Now, the third sip, not as refreshing or as good as the first. That's the problem. The first one, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. I could do this. And then you have a couple, and it's like, eh, it's kind of lost its fun. <sighs> See, I don't, I can't get that. See, I don't have that disconnect with it. See, after my third sip, I'm like, oh, man, how many are left? I hope there's 12 in there, you know? So what we're going to have to do is um, – the next time you're at my place and you drink like 12 of these, right, with no water in between. You're going to take a video of my tongue I want and you put to it tell on the me feed. how that feels. I've how done it What's the most you had in like a sitting? Well, I mean like an all day if we hang out by the pool or whatever. You're going water in between though? Uh, depends how long the day is, uh-huh. sure. I mean, it, it depends on what we're actually doing, but, you know, I think 10's in play okay, throughout the day or whatever. Yeah, like I, mean, I might bring this to the old pool. Yeah, that's what we do. We all, So the way we do it is, you know, we got our, our hockey crew. We got, say, 10 of us, 12 of us all hanging out by the pool. Everyone just brings a bunch of them, throw them in the fridge, and we all just snag them all day. Yeah. But that's the drink of choice. Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm going a hazy IPA. All right, do we want a sports question? <laughs> yeah, man. Drew asks, how much pressure is now on Pat Mahomes after this deal is signed? If he goes, say, four years without a Super Bowl... 
is the conversation now changing? It's interesting. It is interesting. Like, I think right now we're in the heat of the moment. Like, this kid's 24. He's super special. He won a Super Bowl. What if Andy Reid's no longer there, say, six years down the road, right? And now you have the back four years of Pat Mahomes with a head coach you're really not sure about. Like, does that change everything about this deal? No, you know why? I mean, he's already won a Super Bowl. He's already been an MVP. Do we really feel like this guy is going to turn into a nothing burger? I'm not going to say a nothing type of player. Like DeCecco said, which I agree with, is that he thinks that by the end of this, the Chiefs will have made out. Yes. If I had to bet right now, I would say both parties would work out in this situation. But you just never know. Like, he's 24 now. If we get to the point where, let's say, he's 29 years old or 30 years old and they haven't gotten past the AFC Championship game. Now, the way we and you look at it, it's like if you're in the running every year, so if they're making the playoffs, if the Chiefs are in the playoffs, they're getting to the second round and they're winning the division, but they're not actually winning the Super Bowl, you're still set for success down the road, so you just keep continuing because it's that hard to win a Super Bowl. But when you sign that type of deal, I think it changes a bit because this is not your standard NFL deal. 500 and some million dollars is no standard deal for anybody. I mean, he got half a billion dollars. Right. So if you're 30 years old, six years from now, you don't have a Super Bowl appearance. Do you then question what what he was it worth it? Was it not worth it? I mean, obviously, if they don't win another Super matter. Bowl. Yes. I think you might question that and say, we did we get our fair market value? Okay. If they don't win another Super Bowl and he's never the MVP of the league again. Right. He's just Matt Ryan. I'm not even an anti-Matt Matt Ryan. If you paid $500 million for Matt Ryan, you'd be pissed. Oh, yes. See, if you, see it's, it's funny you brought up the $500 million for Matt Ryan. Yes, I'd be pissed if I paid him that much money. But if Matt Ryan was my franchise quarterback for, say, 10 years, I'm not disappointed in that at all. But you bring up the $500 million, and then my expectations change. Let me ask you a question. You watching any of this uh, TBT? Nah. No, nope. I'm just saying. You're seeing no fans here. Oh, I thought you meant have I tuned into no, no, the tournament yet. But the no fan element of it, is it uh, making you kind of like, eh? No, not really. But I will tell you what. I watched a NFL game on NFL Network from this past season this morning, and I also tuned into a little 2016 NHL Stanley Cup Finals on NHL Network just to kind of give me that that juice. Would you ever do either of those two things? No. Figured that? Too many things to, to get into. Well, it's just like a quarter a here, a period here. But, like, I it's mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs, baby, the finals. I mean, if this was two NBA teams and there's not anybody there and they're playing a completely empty place like this, i got to hear what the sound and everything looks like. But to me, I'm like, this don't seem real. Well, it's because you got two squads that nobody knows about. Just saying, like, there's nobody behind the basket. they got banners up on the side. There's no seats anywhere. If Ben Simmons was dribbling the ball up the floor right now, I bet you you'd be caring a little bit more. Are they going no seats when they uh, when they put, are they going to do the the, the the banners like that for the NBA games? I, I don't mind that look, but I also don't mind what soccer's doing, where they just kind of, not the fake fans, I do know that they generated fans virtually, but I also don't mind when they cover all the seats so it doesn't look, for, yeah, they put the tarps over them so it doesn't look that bad. Alright, ask Mike and Broads. Got a couple other ones here. Uh, we can get in on the other side. Sports Pass Live coming up. Uh, Jason Blevins, 5 o'clock. We'll talk a little Sixers. Joel Embiid spoke today. You'll hear what he had to say coming up. Turn it on. Leave it on. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN.
Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. All right, Sports Bash. Ask Mike and Broads. Good questions today. Some good ones still coming in. 609-403-0973. One guy asked earlier, kind of a question you get from time to time, out of the Philly Sixers, Flyers, and Eagles, which team has the best shot to win a championship in their sport? But is he asking for this year? Because this is like the only time that all four teams are still kind of in play. Because the Eagles season hasn't started yet. The Sixers and Flyers usually would either, we'd have an answer by now. But those seasons are still going on. And the Phillies haven't started yet. So legitimately, all four teams could still win a championship in this calendar year. So if it's for this season. Just uh, this season. Uh, he doesn't say he's just out of them. Which team has the best shot to win a championship in their sport? I would say it has to be the it Flyers. It has to be this year. It has to be the Flyers, I would say. Flyers win the cup. Right. But here's the thing. It's it's hard to really know what's going to happen with certain teams. Like we kind of alluded to this earlier. If if the Bucks have to quarantine players, does that open the door for the Sixers to be the team that can win? So it, it's really hard to to answer the question. But if you're talking about strictly which team has the roster right now that you think can legitimately compete up against other teams in their respective leagues without factoring in players will have to quarantine at some point, I would have to go with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, this is what Joel Embiid said uh, during his Zoom call today about why he chose to come back. I want to represent my city. Uh, you know, I've been here too long, and this this is my opportunity. I feel like we have a, I believe we have a great chance of winning this championship. You know, still not hundred percent sure, but uh, you know that's that's what I'm thinking. I want to represent the city. I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to let anybody down, and you know, I've been working too hard for this, so I just I just got to keep pushing so and hope he, for the best. He says, you know, we have a chance to win the title. I've been, you know, working too hard. Is it the Sixers? Are we overlooking the Sixers as the team? No, because I don't think saying the Flyers disrespects the Sixers at all. I think it actually just praises the Flyers. I think both teams are very competitive and very good in their respective leagues. I just think the Flyers are so damn good that I'm going to give them a lot of credit. I think the Flyers are the answer, too, by the way. I think the Flyers are the answer that has the best shot. Look, they were the team playing the best before this all stopped. Now, I don't know what that's what's going to mean when they come back, but they're one of the best four teams in the East right now. They have a, so they have a legitimate shot to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Where do you rank them when you include the West teams? Well, I think they're, they're you say up there. They fall down to eighth, sixth. I mean, I don't know. Do you think any of those West teams – are significantly, you know, you you know, you got Boston that I think you would say is better. Tampa right now, Washington. I don't think you're saying is definitive, but what about St. Louis? Uh, the St. Louis Blues, yes, and the Avalanche. Those are the two teams I look at because in the Pacific, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Like they're the equivalent. The Pacific Division is what the NFC East was last year. A bunch of teams that aren't really good, but someone has to win the division. Yeah, 39, 32, and 8. Vegas, their first place. Yeah, exactly. So the Blues and the Avalanche are the two teams in the West that can kind of push the Flyers down a bit in terms of overall success. But the Flyers can hang with them. We've seen it. Yeah, by the way, Blues 94, Avalanche 92, Flyers 89. So, again, don't discount how good the Flyers were. They were they would be in the West, the three seat. They would be the third best point gainer in the Western Conference. All right, when we come back, Joel Embiid spoke today. He had a ton of things on his mind. Jason Blevins, who covers the Sixers for 97.3, next. 
South Jersey businesses. When live sports return to the airwaves, don't miss out. Make sure your business is part of the playoff action on 97.3.